Welcome to Anecdotes for Success with Matt and Paul. Storytelling is an art form, emphasizing the value and learning that is created through personal experience. Our purpose is to share these stories and experiences with the listener. Everyone has a powerful testimony. Let's use them to level up to our best life with truth, meaning, trade-offs, and perspective. Big shout out to Isaac Mather for the new podcast intro. You can check Isaac's music out on all socials or directly at IsaacMatherMusic.com. So, Nicole, I was just looking tonight. You were almost a year ago you came on the podcast. It was November 13th of 2022. I can't believe it was a whole year ago. It feels like it was like a couple weeks ago. Yeah, it blows my mind when I asked you to come on. I'm like, gosh, what was she on like in May? And I'm like, no, it was last year. And you know, uh, I told you earlier today, I don't think it's the only reason you agreed to come on. We we have a new cover coming, you know, a new cover style. Uh, you help us out tremendously with the the software you, you told me about where you can just do clips now. So I'm like big on a cheat code and that has <laughs> changed my whole life to just have AI be like, maybe this. I'm like, sure, okay. <laughs> It blows my mind. So over the weekend, you saw I started the the Anecdotes for Success page because I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to dump stuff. I don't think you can ever overpost when it comes to that sort of thing and, and moving. Meanwhile, Matt knows nothing of what we're talking about right now because he just <laughs> he just comes on the episodes. But but anyways, I, I digress. Nicole, thanks for coming on. Uh, you are episode 96. And we are super excited about that. And uh, we'll we'll go from here. So so tell us about tell us what you've been up to since since last time you were on. Well, first off, I'm so excited to be back. And Matt, that is such a beautiful, blissfully ignorant position you get to be in to to just show up. I think what that's the life. I, I have to manifest better uh for that position. <laughs> I, I I thrive in ignorance. It's perfect. <laughs> I love it for you. I really do. Um this has been a very, very crazy year for me and in really positive ways, but um my business has really, really expanded and multiplied. I went to a business conference back in February and I made a lot of connections and it led to me working with a business coach. And it's it was the first time I've had somebody really press me on how I run my business. I, I like a lot of intuitive and frou-frou things. So it was nice to have somebody be like, no, here's the program you need for that. And here's the people you need to connect with for this. So it really just massively scaled my business. And in the last six months, I've rebranded my podcast from um, Rock Your Soul to Rock Your Comeback, which is in alignment with my latest book that was just released in August, Rock Your Comeback, The Down to Earth Guide to Reclaiming Your Power. And I also started an online membership program that has been a lot of fun for me because as I, as my time becomes more limited, it's harder for me to see people one-on-one. I still do. I absolutely do, but it's harder for people to get in when they need to, or want to. Um, in, I think I told you guys last time I, when I found out I was pregnant and had my daughter, I was so broke. So I was like, okay, so how do I make, how do I help people in a way that is, is, 
attainable, that's easy for them. So I created an online uh, community where I host all of my courses. Um, so every course I've ever made that I've previously charged thousands of dollars for. Um, and then I do a live Q and a, I do Monday manifestation journal prompts, uh, a new masterclass every month with some really, really awesome people. And I only charge $22, $22 for it. And so that's been a really fun project that I've been working on, um, trying to figure out the technology behind building that, but also just trying to make sure I'm serving people at all levels and, really considering where I've been throughout my journey, what I needed. Well, that's, that's great. Nicole, it's great to see you again as well. I mean, even though, even though I just, like Paul says, I, I get the luxury of just coming on. He does a lot of that work. No, um, let, let, let me interrupt for one second. So Nicole, <laughs> the, the fun thing of what we do is I'll book guests. Matt often doesn't know who's coming on. And that's what we feel makes it such a fun conversation. And then I take notes the whole time. And then afterwards, we create a title and a bio and we kind of reverse engineer it. And we just don't want to like the funds in the conversation. The funds not in knowing this person's bio or who's done this or what their qualifications are. So we do it on purpose. I don't want to make it seem like Matt's not involved. Oh, I'm we, just talking crap. No, I, know. I, I, totally, to, I totally know that. So I'm yeah, not, 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 I not a worry. Thanks, Paul, but not necessary, yeah. right? Uh, yeah. No, no, Nicole, though, I'm um it, it's it really is nice to see you and, and um I'm interested that you said that you um hired a business coach and and what what led you to do that? What what have the what have been the results of that? Like are concrete what 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 led you to do it what were you what did you learn what were you like oh my gosh I didn't I didn't look at it that way or and and what kind of results are you seeing from it from a business standpoint or for or from a personal standpoint Ooh, I'll give you both because I've learned so much this this entire year has been a learning curve for me in so many different ways but I was in this immersion, a friend of mine who had spoken at an event, I did set up this immersion event for business owners in Florida. And so I went and I was, and we were all living in the same house for like three, four days. It was a very immersive experience. We had different classes and different things. Um, And there was this one guy who just really stood out for me. And I'm I'm a good bullshitter. I'm a good bullshitter. I, I, that's specialty, high quality. Um, and he just saw through my bullshit and he was like, here's what you're afraid of here. Like just having somebody look at me from an outside perspective and be like, here's why you're not growing as fast as you could be growing because you have so much bullshit in your own way, or you have so many fears that are from like the past that are stopping you. And it really begged the question of like, why don't I invest in myself more? So it was a little scary to be perfectly honest, because it was a good chunk of change to hire somebody to tell me I'm doing things wrong, which is not my favorite thing ever. But man, I mean, just on a technological perspective, helping me build an online membership and probably what would have taken me six to eight months, he did in, you know, three weeks. Um, Being able to connect me with the people that I've met through him. But I'll tell you, one of the most personal lessons that he taught me was I had this moment, I had hired um, a virtual assistant and I just 
like looked at the timesheets and I, I felt like I was getting screwed <laughs> and I was like, I need to fire this person. But I, I got into this really like victim mode of like, why is it that every time I hire somebody and I'm trying to like get help with the stuff I'm doing that this happens, like this just keeps happening. And he goes, well, are you going to like keep playing the victim to it? Or are you going to do something differently next time? And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and he just helped me get out of almost the emotions of business so that I could take action in it. And that has been a game changer that every time I start to feel like personally victimized by the universe or by the world of business, I'm like, wait, it's not that serious. Okay. I got that out of the way. What am I going to do now? And I, and I didn't realize how often I did that where I would cave to the feeling of something I was scared of that actually happened instead of just saying, okay, let's pivot, let's change course. And I think that was the most valuable lesson because I take that into my life too of just, I feel like I've gone with the flow a lot more this year. Mm. And and the results have been, you know, business-wise, I mean, it sounds like you pivoted quite a bit in, in the business world with the intent of what, scaling more or or having more free time or serving more people? What You know, what was the intent of that? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I want, I want more, more. Uh, I want more impact. I want to reach more people. I want to do it where it's not draining my uh, individual time. Um, I want to have time. I want to be there when my kids get off the bus. Like all of those things are so important to me. I don't miss a sporting event. I don't miss a, a show. Um, but I, if I'm trading my time for services, it puts me in a position where I am a hostage to my time. So, and, and it puts a cap on what I can make. So creating opportunities for myself to expand helped me expand financially. Um, as a business owner, I didn't realize how little I actually knew about business. I was just kind of winging it and thought that worked, but getting more organized and how I'm doing things has been really, really helpful. Yeah. But let me ask you this. Talk about serving people. And serving a lot. Do you ever feel like, and, and do you ever feel like, I'm, this is coming from like, coming from the heart for me because I've had this problem. I'm just curious if you have. Like, what, why would anyone listen to me? Why, what do I have? Do you ever battle with that in your mind? Like, like, in, in, <clears throat> I'm probably putting you in a tough spot because it's your, your brand and, and, and that. And I respect that. But, you ever have like that imposter mode where, cause, cause I, let me tell you where I'm coming from. I get people who will come to me and ask me for my advice and help. It's, it's very common for me. Uh, it's not my business. It's just something I do. And, and sometimes I have a difficult time, um, I guess, looking at myself in that role and going, I, I got plenty of problems in my life. Why would someone want, want my advice? And do you ever battle with that? I used to, um, I don't, I don't, and here's why, um, when I was first starting my business, somebody once told me, you don't have to know everything. You just have to know, or or, or for example, like this is a great example. You don't have to be Jimi Hendrix to teach the guitar. You just have to know three chords more than the person who doesn't know any. Mm -hmm. And I think about that all the time that if in conversations, I feel compelled to share something or an insight or whatever it is. That might be something a person didn't know. And if I'm the right fit for them too, sometimes people just don't like me and that's not personal. I don't really care. But for the people who feel connection to me when I post my reels or my TikToks or the people who um, just, I don't know, I had a client tell me that that they just 
pay to be in my energy because I trust myself. I've learned that. I've taken a long time to learn that, but I do. I trust myself. And my goal is to help people trust their own selves so that they can make decisions. So in essence, I don't necessarily give advice. I give perspective and feedback from what they're telling me. And so it's not about me and what I know necessarily. Gotcha. Gotcha. No, the, yeah. Oh, it does. It does. It's a good perspective on it. It's, it's, it's an interesting, you know, point of view and, and it, it, it definitely makes sense in, in your world and, and what you do. And, and a lot of people do want to be around. I read a study the other day that it was a Harvard study and it was said, essentially what it said was, 99% of who you become and what your success is is the people you surround yourself with. And what why that popped into my mind is, is people want to surround themselves with people, for instance, like you, who have a have a point of view, a, a, a positive energy, what whatever it may grab whatever may make them gravitate towards you or me or Paul or or whoever whoever it might be. And, and seeing that study and, and um, it's always been one of those things, like when I see it, I go, yes, that makes sense. That, you know, I, I wouldn't have thought of it on my own, but when I see it, I go, yes, that makes sense. So I don't, it just reminded me of that. Yeah, I can, people should want to surround themselves with people positive and, and successful. And you, you talked about your self-belief and your, you know, your, your self-confidence. I, I, I think those are traits that are very important to everyone they would be better. Most everyone would be better off having those traits, but they're not easy for most people to obtain. Yeah. I guess I just look at it as if I don't believe in me, who's going to, I, I feel the same you know, way. like I do. at the end of the day, what's the, what's the benefit to me or anyone around me? If I don't, it, or, it, if I... did you get that from your parents or from people growing up or was that, I'm just curious where that comes from. Um, honestly, like a decade ago, I probably would have said I hated myself. I was my biggest, you know, like enemy. I I was the the worst shit talker to myself. Um, it was like a, it's a skill, you know, and and that's harder to say it like that. But the way we learn to think about ourselves is programming. It's people around us. It's the way we're talked to. It's, it's uh, society. It's all the things. So we have to just kind of check in of like, does it work? <laughs> Is it working for me? Don't you, know? you think it's great that it's a skill? Because let's say, you know, if it was something we were either born with or without, then it's out of our control. But if it's a skill, which I completely agree with, then we can control it, right? We can improve upon it. We can get there on our own. And we don't have to just say, woe is me. I don't have that trait, you know, uh, and I never will because you're either born with it or you're not. It is something you can develop. And that's a powerful message. Yeah. And it's such good news. Like it's just such yeah, good news yes. that you can go from, you know, like a, I'm a reform shit talker to myself. And and now I get to, now I get to show my girls what self-love looks like, what taking care of yourself, what boundaries look like, what setting time aside for yourself looks like and how I show up because I do those things for them. So it's kind of a cool thing, but yeah, it's a skill set. And if you start to just recognize and have the awareness that the way you're speaking to yourself isn't feeling good or doesn't work, then you have an opportunity to do something new. I totally agree. Question. Uh, 
I used to, I, I say this all the time. I used to ask people, this would be an end of the podcast question. If you could go back in time, what would you do different? And I don't ask that anymore because I feel like if you go back in time, you wouldn't be where you're at right now if you changed anything. So uh, looking back at your journey from when you were in middle school, high school, college to now, how has that given you the perspective to help other people? Because you said, I don't give advice. I give perspective and feedback. And, and I love that because people don't know what they don't know. So so how do you help them with that? Yeah. You know, if you look back, you know, I mean, you knew me in high school. If I look back all the way to then and the journey that's gotten me here, it's it's so funny because you don't notice change happening in the way that it happens in small increments that it happens. And until you're like, you know, 20 years down the road and you're looking back like, oh, I kind of see how that all played out. Um, but I needed every part of that. I needed to have the depression because now when somebody comes to me and they're super depressed, I'm like, I got you. I know exactly what that looks like. I know exactly what's going on up here. I also need people who are stumbling into their intuition and spirituality because I get that, how confusing that feels. How do I trust myself? How do I trust my gut? And I think that's why writing this latest book was so important to me. Everyone's like, where, like, where did this all come from? I'm like, this, this book is my guide manual to myself 15 years ago. This is how you're going to get out of your own fucking way. This is, this is how you're going to deal with your black hole moments. This is how you're going to change your mind. This is how you're going to figure out what's normal in your life and what's maybe not normal that's contributing to how you feel about yourself. This is how you're going to show up for yourself, set boundaries and love yourself. This is how you're going to learn to trust your intuition. And this is how you're going to manifest the life that you really want. Everything that I write, everything that I teach isn't just because it works with clients. It's because it works for me. And so I'm teaching from just the most honest, genuine, pure hearted, I know this works kind of place. Close my mind. Uh, so your journey is what got you to be able to teach and instruct other people. Yeah. But I, I mean, I'm also a master's level therapist. Well, well yes, yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, like, I think that sometimes I just remember, <laughs> I remember working with some therapists when I was working at a not-for-profit and I remember them working with kids and I had kids, but they didn't have kids and they would have all of these like things they would say oh. about kids. And I was like, yeah, I'm sure you would love the parents to do that in their spare time when they don't have any, but it just felt so, it felt so out of touch to me as a parent when I was listening to these therapists talk about their caseloads and their cases and the parents and their caseloads of the kids. And I just remember thinking, I don't ever want to be somebody who's not living what I'm teaching. And there's been times in my life and career where that's been I haven't been doing a good job at that. Or there's times where I see myself getting off track or going through the motions or unhappy with something that I'm not speaking up about. And so it's it also holds me accountable to my own work to make sure that I'm not just talking about it, but I'm doing it. I'm not just saying, oh, here's how you get out of your own way, but I'm also getting out of my own way. That's really important. Don't you think that's natural though? Like the fact you have that awareness is is what, makes you snap out of that and help other people. I mean, every, nobody can practice what they preach a hundred percent of the time. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think like, that's one of the things that I really 
teach and focus on is that it's not knowing all this stuff doesn't rid you of bad days or bad life moments or dealing with hard stuff like grief. It just helps you move through it in a compassionate way, in a way that you hold, uh, you know, hold compassion for yourself and for other people and maybe a bit quicker. I don't, my bad days, like when I was in that deep depression, my dad, my bad days would start and I knew I was kind of locked in there for a couple of weeks. I knew that once that energy and that heaviness started to set in that I, I didn't know how to get out of it and I would sit in it for a long time. And so now it's like, oh, I wake up feeling a little off yesterday actually. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to move around my schedule a little bit. I'm going to do a nice long workout because that always helps shift my energy. I'm good. I have all the tools to get me in a better mood by the afternoon. And that's like the blessing of the work I do is that I don't stay anywhere. I don't want to be energetically or mood wise, but it doesn't eliminate it because we're human. <laughs> Nicole, who do you, who are, who are your, your clients, your customers, your, you know, who, is there a demographic that kind of gravitates to you? You know, what, what would that person look like? I work primarily with women. I do have some men client, male clients, but I do work yeah. primarily with women. I would say between 25 and 55 is kind of the wheelhouse. Okay. And it's usually people who, and, and that's the cool thing is like my business is really helping people feel intentional about their lives and feel on purpose. And I think in those time frames where we do all the big life things and we settle down and we're locked in our job and we have the kids and we're going through, you know, we're married and we're going through the motions that we lose ourselves, either in the roles of our career or the roles of our life or the, you know, playing mom and all of that stuff. So I just, I just remind people of who they are <laughs> and that's a really cool job. Yeah, that's interesting. And what I was wondering is what my, one of my many hypotheses is that um, one of the biggest problems we as humans have is we don't have a purpose, and, and or or we lose sight of that purpose. Is more like I think I think everyone has a purpose. I think we get caught in the roles you were describing and and jobs that we think we're supposed to do, but we really don't care about and really wouldn't do unless unless they were keeping food on our table. We wouldn't choose to do them. And I think that's very very common. And so I think whether it's drug abuse or alcohol abuse, arguably, I guess the same thing, or 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 a, a number of other things that just kind of help us get away. Uh, I think so much of that is due to a lack of meaning in our lives or a lack of purpose in our lives. Do you think I'm, do, am I, am I, am I onto something here? I mean, not that I've created, you know, not that I invented this, but it, do you think that is the biggest problem or are there other things that you think are more um, challenging for people? I think that's a definitely a part of it, and, and part of the problem is feeling purposeless, purposeless or passionless. Mm -hmm. And I think the passionless piece is maybe the harder piece for people to digest when they're going through the motions of their life and they're not really living it and they're not intentional about anything and they're not even doing anything. Some women I meet have a hard time finding 10 minutes in their day to just check in with themselves. And so how do we really know what's going on in our head and our heart if we are just so busy or just going through the motions? And I think that when we're kids, everything is fun and we make everything fun. I mean, my my kids could literally like we would be 
in the grocery store, my daughter's like, how fast do you think we can do this? You think we could do this in 13 minutes? Like let's race and see. And everything's a fun game to them. And as we get older, we just do the duties without any intention behind them or what we want them to feel like, or how we even want to feel because we just are. And so I think getting intentional about how you want to feel and how your day goes and how that meeting that you want and just deciding that I get to feel joy and I get to be important to myself and I get to take care of myself and love myself, like infusing those intentions, I think are the most important thing. Cause when we're going through the life with no intention and we're just, we're just victims to our reality that we're not creating anything that feels meaningful and we're not creating anything that brings us passion. So it kind of all ties in. Yeah. So go back to intention for a minute. You know, if, if, if I was, uh, you know, a client of yours and, and you, you, you noticed that I was not being intentional in, in my life, what do you, what would you tell me? And, and I mean, you, I, I'm just looking at hypotheticals here. Cause I want to make sure I understand what that actually means. If, if someone's not doing things with intention, what do you tell them to do? What's that even look, people might not even know what you mean by that. Right. I, I'm sure that's probably very common. What does that look like? That's a great question. Uh, you know, the first step of intention is actually honesty. And what I mean by that is that you have to actually sit down and get real clear and real honest with what you want in order to decide what your intention can be. So if you don't know what you want, and um, I heard this analogy the other day from a podcast with Ed Milet and Arnold Schwarzenegger, and he said, you can have the best fanciest plane and the highest quality pilot. But if you uh, don't know where you're going, you're going to fly in circles. So I think about it like this is if you don't know what you want in your life and you don't know how you want to feel and you don't know how you want your day to go, you are just flying in circles. That's autopilot. So getting really clear about, okay, so I really want to feel better throughout my days. I really want to feel better. What things make me feel better? Well, I feel best personally when I'm most energized. What are things that bring me energy? Drinking enough water, eating enough uh, vegetables, like getting enough sleep, doing things that bring me joy or passion. Like I love uh, doing aerial silks. That's something I'm really passionate about. Those kind of things are the ways I can become intentional about what I want because I'm clear about what I want. I want to feel really good. And I know I feel really good through energy. And I know that energy comes from these activities. And so what intentionality really just means is deciding that you get to feel good and being mindful along your day of the things that help that out. But you can't do that if you're not clear and you can't do that if you're not honest. If you're saying, oh, this job is great, but then you leave every day feeling totally burnt out. You're not being honest. That job is not really great. Sure. It might be offering a paycheck, but also it's draining you. So what do we do there? We decide new intentions about, okay, so am I going to find things I enjoy about this job and stick around because I'm, I'm a little nervous right now with the pay? Um, or am I ready to honor where I'm at and open my life to other opportunities? So it's just knowing where you're going before you can decide what you want. And an intention for me is just a thought. 
it's just a thought that I set my intention of how I want this podcast to go, how I want this meeting to go, how I want my kids to do in their softball game. It's just, I get to decide. And and when we decide something, anything, our brain starts to look for proof of it. So we can decide that today is going to be a shitty day, just as much as we could decide today's going to be a good day. And our brain is going to be like, okay, to whatever we decide. So we might as well be intentional about deciding some good stuff in our life and in our world and in our mind so that our brain can have a chance in hell at looking for it. Yeah, that's uh that's a great explanation, by the way. Thank you. And, and You're welcome. Uh, that there's so much, I mean, truth to that, you know, and I'm just speaking from my perspective, the things that I decide that I'm going to do, they just always seem to happen, you know, it was good, good and bad. Right. Yeah. And, uh, that is, there is, you know, that is, that is proof of what you're talking about. I think if most of us were honest with ourselves, we create the good and the bad in our life many, 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 many times. So that, that was, uh, that was well said. I, I appreciate you answering that. Of course. Yeah. So, so when I hear all this talk about being intentional, help, help me out. Cause what I deal with in the classroom all the time is I'm telling my students to be present, to be present, to put the phone down. Am I wrong? Are they the same thing or, or does being present? Is that the first, like, is that, is that just a word I, like, should I be telling them to be intentional with everything they do in their thoughts or is being present? Is that the first step in being intentional? Does that make sense? Like sometimes I get my head, messed, <laughs> my head goes in circles around this stuff and I just want clarity. Like, I don't even know if I know what I'm talking about right now. I love that intention by the way, is to get present because presence is our biggest superpower is when we're present in the moment, we have the biggest superpower. You're setting an intention for the classroom, but each individual person is setting an intention for themselves. So you might pose the question of how do you want to feel in this class today? Do you want to feel productive? Do you want to feel like you're on it, you're sharp, you're mentally intact. Do you want to feel like you ha- you're a big contributor to the conversation? Do you want to feel like, yeah, I know all the answers. How do you want to feel in this classroom today? And if present is one of those, that's perfect. Okay. And couldn't couldn't you say, Nicole, if you want to feel like you're uh, participating or any of the things you just described, part of that roadmap would be present. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can really phrase it any different way, but your intention and their intentions are different. Mm. And you can have an intention over the class and it does matter and it will impact them and it will hold you to the standard of who you want to be in the class. And like we said earlier, your energy will influence the class. Your mm. patience, your presence, who you are, being present in the moment being patient and waiting for them to pay attention or whatever it is like those things will impact the the kids as well, but they also will have their own intention. And if they get mindful about how they think about how your class gets to go for them, instead of just showing up and hoping it goes well, that's a different kind of power too. See, I, I feel like, I feel like I have a grasp on all this stuff, but when you explain it that way, so at the end of the day, it's each person's intention. Yeah. And we might have a group intention. And I, I love that you're creating a group intention for your space. And you might even envision that of like, what does being present look like if the kids were all present? What would that look like? 
And how would I know? How would I know their presence? So you can kind of start defining that a little bit for yourself. How would it feel for me to have everybody's just full, open-hearted attention? And and then you can kind of talk to them about their intentions of how how would I know I was intact? How would I how would I know that I was participating in a way that felt good? Or how would I know I'm productive? Or how would I know if this class felt so freaking easy and it just felt so good and easy and I felt really great when I'm done with it and I felt you know lifted up 10, 10 pounds? How would I know? That's always a good indicator of not just the intention, but what are you actually trying to get out of the intention that you're setting? What is the what is the result and outcome? And we don't necessarily need an outcome with an intention. We don't have to tie ourselves to anything because that's not helpful either. That's control. Um, but what we can do is decide that we're holding space for really great things. And I think that's fun too. Why do you think we don't talk about these things more, you know, just in general in the, in the school system or at, at, in the workplace. And, you know, we, we, I don't go into workplace and, and people don't talk in these terms. And yet when we talk about them, they, it seems so, so I don't want to say obvious, but it makes sense. And, and it feels like it's productive and helpful. What, why are these conversations more common? I wish they were. I wish they were. And I think they're becoming more common. I think that high high level athletes, I actually had a a podcast interview with a a good friend earlier today. Um, He came on my podcast and he is an Olympic speed and agility trainer. He is, uh, he trains NFL um, and MLB all-stars to perform at the peak state. And so they're having those conversations at, at college levels that, you know, stuff. So there, there's some being infused. Um, but it's, you know, in school, not really part of the traditional curriculum. There's a lot of people who believe that that there's pseudo science behind neuroscience. And I don't get that at all. But it's how you frame it, how you do it. And the funny part is, is that if you start talking about it, most people can recognize, oh, the day that I was having a really bad day, I woke up in a really bad mood and it just kept going like a domino effect because when we start a thought, it rolls down the hill and collects like similar thoughts. And then we're starting to look everywhere for proof that, wow, today's a bad day. And we're telling all our friends, oh my God, today's a bad day. And it's the same with a good day. We have that momentum. So people see it and I would like to see more in classrooms. So I love uh, that you're doing that. I love that you're creating space for kids to have recognition of their personal power and how much their thoughts matter. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know why it's not more common. People think I'm crazy sometimes the way I talk about this, but I think it's just foreign and it's scary for people to look at their thoughts because if we started to say, oh shit, I'm responsible for how I think and how I feel and my actions. And some people can't even hold any responsibility for their actions, let alone their own thoughts that nobody hears. So it's a lot to ask of people who aren't ready. And and I think back to me 10 years ago, what I've been ready. I didn't want to admit that I was playing victim to my world and my life. Who, who wants to say that? <laughs> nobody. But there is a moment of readiness for people who are open to it, where if you start to recognize the power of your thoughts and I always explain it like it's a Google search bar (laughs) and you type in a thought and your brain goes out into the world and looks for it and goes into your mind and history and in your memories and looks for proof and if we think about it in kind of those simple ways then we can start to gain some power over it 
I like the I like that analogy. Yeah, that's true. It's just it just resonates with me in my life, and and I'm a very positive outlook on things, and and by doing so, I think it has manifested itself in so many positive ways in my life. And I've seen the opposite in so many other people as well, which makes me very sad. It's, it's, it's very sad to see. And, um, you know, I I wish just, that's why I asked the question because I I thought, think of the conversation that was more normalized and talked about more, more often in this manner. I even think of my, you know, where my businesses with my employees going in and just, you know, we don't go in and say, Hey guys, today's going to be a great day. And and what are we trying, you know, what, what, what are we going to be intentional about today? And what do we want the day to look like? And, you know, and, and just thinking, well, what if we did do that? You know, how would that change a work environment? And, and how would it change the people who in my world oftentimes um, struggle and, 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 you know, they, they, they maybe want to be somewhere else and, and that can, uh, I wonder what kind of impact that would have if, if, if we had a culture that did that much more and where where those people would end up you know in positive ways in their lives if uh if that was happening more often what's stopping you yeah I, you know the 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 mindfulness of it the awareness of it it's not it's not the it's not because i think it's hokey or i don't believe in it. it it's not it at all it's the exact opposite of that i think it would help i think it's being you know looking at it through that lens and you know what else is probably stopping me to be honest and truthful, right? What we're yeah. talking about is you're going in there and you walk in and it's like, okay, what do we got to do today? What do we have to accomplish for me? And and what do I want to see here? And 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 what's going wrong? And what do we have to fix? And what don't I like? And you know, and and some of those negative type, you know, emotions and and ways of looking at the world. So you know, as you're putting me on the spot, which I like, I'm glad you're doing. I'm glad you're doing because. You know, I, 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 I want to be truthful about it too. And that's, that's my off the cuff answer, but it's something I think that I need to think about more as well. What is stopping me from doing it? And most importantly for me, because I own so many businesses, what's stop, what's preventing me from being able to get my leadership from doing, to do that on a regular basis. Right. And, and, and having it, you know, go down that that hill in a very positive way and, and creating a culture where that's normal and that's something we do on a regular basis. That would be the the real trick, the real the real improvement, um, I would think. So I'm glad you asked me the question. I'm not I think there's quite a few things stopping me, but none of which none of which are excusable, you know, none of which are like, well, I can't do it because I don't believe in that. Yeah. Well, I I think that was like a really honest answer. And and the thing I'll say is that set a date, set a time. It's a skill set. This is a skill set. So if we just set a date and set a time and we set ourselves up to create space to be intentional, to create time, I mean, you pencil in everything else. Why would you not pencil in a new skill set you're trying to learn or implement? It'll have a trickle down effect. It matters when you speak in positive ways to people it matters and manifestation and intention does not does not avoid negativity it uses it wisely that means that when you're coming up against oh i've got all these problems to solve today well 
I guess I'm going to intend to be a problem solver. I'm going to be quick on my feet today. I'm going to intend to see things really clearly so I know the solution. And I feel really confident that if I don't know the solution right away, it will come to me. Setting yourself up it with the negativity helps you, A, recognize, okay, what do I actually want here? I want to solve a problem. Any problems that come to me, I just solve them and it feels really easy and it feels really good. Do you see how different that is than going in there stress, <laughs> stressed out? No, I really do. And it's funny you say that because one of the things that I say to my leadership team often, and 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 I was talking to a very high level CEO recently, and, and it was it actually came from him. And one of the things that he was saying is, our team, we are here to solve problems. This is what we do. Let's be very aware of that and understand. So when we have these problems, the idea that, oh gosh, here we go again. And why is this happening to us? And is not the attitude. The attitude is, well, if we didn't have problems, we wouldn't have, we wouldn't be needed. We are, this yeah. is what we exist in, in this, in this job for. This is what we're here for. So just changing that mindset to, oh gosh, another problem to, well, this is our opportunity. This is why we're here and making it positive has been a real big, uh, has had a big impact on me in, in the last few months after I had that conversation. So I think you're saying something, you know, very, very similar in, in, in a lot of ways anyway. And, and I've, I've experienced that in in a positive way and trying to, and making and being vocal about that with my team that, Hey guys, we're, we're here for these things. Like, you know, they're, they're not, we're never not going to have problems. We're here to solve them. Let's be excited about that. And, and, and let's be clear. That's why we're here. So I, I I'm, I'm glad you said that because it, it kind of piggybacks what I'm trying to be better. Yeah. I just, I don't ever want people to think that negativity doesn't have its place because it does. It actually shows us exactly what's not working so that we can better direct our focus towards what will. So we can be grateful for negativity that's showing up. We can be aware of it, but our only goal with intention is not to fall victim to it and get sucked in. Yeah. It's what you just said. I say to people when it comes to investments and capital, taking this from a business, you know, where, where my mind usually lands, I go losing money's that, that that's, that's telling us where the money isn't valued. Right. And and so now we got to move it. We're going to move it to where it is valued. So if you have your business and it, it fails or, or, or a business that's not profitable, that's a good thing. It's telling us that capital is not producing where it should. So let's move it somewhere else in a productive way. So I I just chuckled when you started saying that because I'm like, that's how my mind works in so many ways. It's the same exact thing. It's a, the same I, I exact it. thing. Yeah, that's great. That's that's great. Sorry, Paul. I keep seeing you ready to no, talk. No, listen, <laughs> listen. I I'm I'm not as articulate as you two. Like I I I'm I'm thinking and and listening to everything you say and but it it gives me uh it gives me uh verification or validation that I'm doing the right thing in the classroom and with my businesses because I'll come in in the morning and students will be like why are you so happy today like don't you ever have a bad day and I'm like well yeah I'm I'm not a bobblehead like I don't just walk around like walk hey everything's so great but I know I have a perfect track record of every getting through every bad day in my life. Like I solve problems. I just get through it. If I don't get through it, I think about it at night and attack it the next day. And everything Nicole's been saying, and you've been saying, I'm like, wow, like 
I can't say it the way you two say it, but I, I, I think I live it and that makes me happy. That's all I'm going to say. So can I challenge you on something? Please do. <laughs> would you like to be articulate? Well, yeah, I would like to be articulate. Okay. So claim that, decide that. That matters too when you're speaking. I, I don't Damn. find myself as somebody articulate, but that's the intention I set before every podcast. And I get that feedback always, which is so funny because I tell a story in my personal life. People are like, could you stay on track? Could you not go off on 20 tangents? But I do decide that I'm articulate specifically in these type of settings. And I think that that's changed the way I respond. And I, I'm curious and anticipate that that will feel differently for you as well. You know, that that's a great point. I mean, I sit there and I have conversations with people I don't know every day. I go to, we have these podcasts. I, I get through it. I'm hosting a softball recruiting panel with five coaches next week, but, but deep in my mind, I'm like, I'm not articulate, but I must be doing something. Okay. Right. It's just not true. It's just a belief right. we have. So yeah, if no, we no, recognize I, that, that you're reaffirming it over and over again and finding evidence of it, then you can decide differently. I appreciate that. No, I, yes, this, this, is, is, this is why I love this stuff. It, it is funny, Nicole, that you challenged him on that too. And I didn't, but it was funny when he said that. I, my initial thought in my mind was, I wonder why he's saying that. I don't, I don't agree with not that. True. But, <laughs> you, you know, I was, I was just yeah. like, huh. I don't, you know, but anyway, yeah, that's, I'm glad you, I'm glad you said that. So, so, so let's go with that. Is that wrong? I think that way when I'm talking to people like you two or, or like, is that yeah. what imposter syndrome is or is, is, is that a made up thing in your imagination or should I just uh, come in differently and attack it differently? Like, I don't know. There's no wrong. There's no wrong to the things we're thinking. They're not good, bad, they're neutral, but do you want it? Do you want to keep claiming that? Does that feel true and good yeah. to you when you say it? And if the answer is no, then you get a new choice. Fair enough. Wow. Hey, Nicole, you said something. This is completely off the topic we've been on. You said something earlier. And I wrote it down. You said you like aerial things? Oh, yeah. I do aerial silks. What, what, like, like, like Cirque du Soleil style? Oh, okay. Not that high level, but yes, I, I like to hang around from the ceiling. Yeah, I don't, I did a Groupon maybe three, four years ago and I just got sucked in and I, I go at least once a week for a class. And now my daughter also does aerial as well. So she does a little bit more than I do. She does the, um, the hoop, the Lyra hoop uh, and does performance I caught that and I, I, I have another business where I promote, like I promote events and, yeah. stuff and, and I, I've been promoting a Cirque style show for, boy, I think this would be 18 years or something like that. A long time. Yeah. 18 years. And I've seen so much of that. It's just, it's, it's so impressive, you know? And, and so when you said it, it just, it just, I made a, made a note. I was like, I got to clarify if that's what you do, because it's very, well, it seems very difficult, I would say, and, and, and potentially dangerous too. It's so funny because it's the most learnable thing. Oh, I mean, sorry. any shape, any size, I've seen anybody be successful at it that wants to. And I, I think that's sort of like the mindset and confidence work we've been talking about this whole time is that even things that seem really intimidating or like, how would I ever do that? Um, there will be one move 
that's very easy. And then from that move, you will move a little bit more and you'll be in a different shape. And that's true about the stuff we're talking about today too, is that you don't have to look at how am I ever going to be really confident or how am I, how am I going to ever do drops from the ceiling? How am I ever going to do any of this? It's just taking it one small base level foundation thing at a time that you feel confident doing at that time. And then you can add on to it. You can build on to it. But that's one of my favorite things about Ariel is that I think anybody could do it. That one, my dad, when he comes into town, he'll come to my aerial classes and, and play around. He'll he'll, cl- right. he'll learn climbs and all sorts of stuff. Yeah, my my stepmom has been to aerial classes. Yeah, I don't. There's nobody who can't do it. It's just you have to learn the basics and slowly build your way up. Build on. What yeah. what made you get into that? Groupon. I, when I moved to Charlotte, I I didn't know anybody. I didn't <laughs> I didn't have a, a friend in sight, and I just was like, I'm gonna try a little bit of everything. And so I've been to every class you could think of. Uh, one's the one that stuck, is it was a like a fifteen dollar Groupon class, and I go to a different studio now that's closer by. But yeah, it was just something I wanted to try. I. One of my favorite things that I teach and write about is doing something new. Try something that you don't know how to do. Like, it's my favorite thing. I like to be a beginner. I think there's power in being a beginner. There's power in like not knowing what the hell you're doing, not being the best at it, being willing to look stupid, like all of that thing. There's so much power in and it changes your ability to prove yourself wrong. I I go into class, we do something different just about every class. Sometimes we repeat skills or build on them, but we do a whole new move every class. I never know what I'm walking into. And my teacher has been doing aerial since like, I don't know, since she was like 14. Like she's the best of the best. <laughs> she thinks I can do things that I don't think I can do. And I'll be up in the position ready to drop. And I'll be like, are you sure I'm qualified to be doing this? <laughs> but then I do it and I'm like, oh, I could do that. That was really cool that I could do that. And it's not always the prettiest thing, but it's the proving myself wrong thing that really works out for me. And I think that if you have a chance to be a beginner and try something you think you're going to suck at, that it could change your your whole perspective. And you make new friends along the way. And we're always looking as adults, I think, to make new friends and meet new people. Yeah, the number of people I believe who I, I look up to as successful who I've heard over the years who who've shared a similar thought of or or are willing to just try try new things um and of an, any number of things right it doesn't have it doesn't have to be something they're passionate about or something they've done you know growing up or whatever it could be anything but brewing beer or or you know or or jujitsu or you know or whatever whatever you're talking about that I've heard of say that leads me to think there's something there with successful people and their their mindset that that resonates with. And um, it's just funny to hear you say that because I've had many conversations where I hear from people who I admire and they go, yeah, I'm always, I just like to try new things. I just like to attempt and push myself and, and see if I can do it. And, and, you know, they're not trying to be the best. They're just doing new things. And, and so that's, that was interesting. You said that. Nicole, Nicole, uh, I'm 51. I, I always joke with people that 50 is the new 30 and 
The, the reason I say that is because I feel I, I have friends and colleagues and teacher friends and business people. They're just talking about getting through the next couple of years so they can retire. And, and I always say, well, and then do what? And, and they don't have an answer. And, and two analogies Matt hears me say all the time is like, I think people are so busy flying down the highway of life at 70, 80 miles per hour. They, they don't realize what exit they could take and, and have a whole different life. And the other thing, the other analogy I use is I, I see this as I take walks every morning. I see uh, dogs with so much energy coming out of the house, barking at me as I walk by. They stop at that fence. They they can't get to me. If they if they understand that if they break through that two seconds of pain from that fence, they're free. And I feel like a lot of people, especially people my age now, they're they're busy on the destination so they don't take the exits, and then they're they're afraid to break through that fence. They've self enclosed themselves. Hmm. Why why are so many people like that? Like I, I pride myself, I'm not. Why? Why are so many people like that? Do you have an answer for that? That was a long-winded question. Sorry. But. No, that was a great question. Most people don't know they can. I mean, you just don't know what you don't know, and you don't know what you're not searching for. And that's kind of like the readiness that I was talking about earlier, is that I think there has to be a moment in your personal journey where you're doing the reflection and having the awareness to know that something could or needs to change in some cases, or that you could have a more fun life. Um, a lot of people see that and are just like, whatever, I don't know what she's on, you know, like, <laughs> it's just that it's just that judgment that comes from not having but yeah, I mean, keep setting the example because sooner or later, and that's my favorite thing is a lot of times even with manifesting, I don't share a lot of my manifestations, but people will be like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, why are things just, why do things just work out for you? Why do you, why do you have this great backyard? Why, like, what are you doing? And then it invites me in to say, well, a couple years ago, here are some things that I started dabbling in and it changed my life. And I don't know if you, I can recommend a book, like got a couple. <laughs> um, but <laughs> I, I think that there has to be a desire or a want or a curiosity. And I think maybe that's the bigger word I'd rather use is I think that curiosity about why is that person so smiling and happier? What, what about them is enjoying life so much right now? Some people are so far in their own way that they cannot see past their misery and we send them good intentions, but we can't change their life for them. I also feel like a lot of people who are later in life have maybe not done as many changes. I know you've had a lot of changes. You've made a lot of leaps in different choices and, and ended up in different positions. And I think some people are, are just scared. You know, that's fear. If I'm not making different choices, it's because I'm, I'm scared. And so I think a lot of people are scared of like, well, I built, I built it up to here. And, and if I do something now, I'll lose everything I have. And I, and I don't know, um, when you have that, level of rigidity you're committed to over and over again, it is harder to break. So curiosity helps, but also setting such a great example, like you both are doing in your worlds of whether it's in the classroom or your personal life of showing, showing a different way. And if the person is meant to be curious about it, they'll, they'll ask, they always ask. Hmm. Oh, that's, that's, that's pretty cool. I, I just, people, People get so set in their ways. And they, I mean, I, I'm sure I've been there. I know you've been there, Matt. Like, 
but I, I don't get why, like you only get one shot at this. Why don't you just go for it every day? Like, I really don't understand that, but you, you said it, you get stuck or you're not ready or, and you're not curious or those are the three things or am I missing something? I think fear was the important one. Oh, in there. fear. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Fear. I think that's a big one. It's always been my, my experience when, when I started getting, Paul, I've shared this with you in my own business, one of my own businesses and, and, and it went really well. And then I, I, I expanded and then I expanded and the whole time throughout that process, that was like a, two years of that process. And I remember just thinking all the time, what I've done, I, most people could do it. I, I really believe that. And I'm going, I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop because I'm like, I must be missing something, something I'm missing. Why other people aren't doing, because I had opportunities to do things that a lot of people could have taken, but I was one I did it and it was growing it and I'm going, I must be missing something. People are seeing something I'm not because this is going far too well and it was far too uh, available to, to mo you know, I didn't have anything special and yet this is just going fantastic. And that's when it hit me. And I, I, I believe it, it was, people are just afraid. They didn't want to, they didn't want to take that chance or just, they're scared to do it. And, and I, I get it too. I mean, I, I, I get it. We've all been afraid and, and uh, afraid of, like you said, building that and then I'm going to lose it all and, and having that fear. But that I believe that your ability to control your fear is one of the best, I guess, skills you can develop in your life is that ability. I mean, Nicole, writing a book must be terrifying in, in many ways that so you're putting yourself out there and, and what if it, you know, what if nobody likes it? And, and what if nobody, you know, nobody wants to, 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 to print it or in, and all I, a number of things. Um, but you go for, you, you know, you do it. And I'm sure there's a lot of people who could provide a lot of wonderful things in this world. If it was not a lot, almost all, if it wasn't for fear. Yeah. I think another component of that, um, that something triggered while you were talking is we also delude ourselves and our excuses and buy into them. Like I just was thinking of, um, my dad, he, every time he comes to visit, he's like, Oh, I wish I could live here. And I'm like, you're retired. Why don't you move? He's like, well, the house and the money. Yeah, like, yeah. And I'm just like, no, no, like, you're not too old. You're not too, you know, financially stable here where you can't make a different choice, but he wholeheartedly believes that those two things are true and he can't find a way around them. And I think, you know, uh, Mr. Richmond, you were talking about like people who are in their fifties and up, like, I think that they have the excuse that, well, this is just how things are and this is how they're going to be. And so I think we also just so deeply believe our own bullshit that, you know, you'll believe a hundred percent of the time what your mind tells you. And especially if you've rehearsed it and practiced it, I mean, you're an all-star performer <laughs> in the world of your mind. So, so that's another, you know, big thing, but I mean, it all does even excuses and, and, and beliefs that all does come back to what I'm actually afraid of. And if you can get to that fear, um, I'm a big risk taker. I love a good risk. I love just leaping. If I feel called to do something, I'll just, I'll do it. I'll freak out a little after I'm not going <laughs> to, you know, lie and pretend that's all smooth sailing. I mean, when I moved 
from New York to Charlotte. I was like, what the fuck did I do? I just left my business behind, all my clients behind. I have no friends. Nobody knows me when I walk into a, you know, a restaurant. And it was such a foreign thing. And it was a it was a good adjustment period. But you know, there's always going to be with any kind of change, good, bad, or otherwise, something that's scary about it. And if you can keep your eye on what could be really exciting, I think that that always helps too. So I, I want to end with these two things. Uh, Matt, I knew you in high school. And if I had to pick who would be a successful entrepreneur someday out of like 150 kids, I wouldn't have picked you. Okay. <laughs> like, I'm not trying to be me. Yeah, and I, I don't take it that way. I wouldn't have picked me either. <laughs> Nicole, I knew you in high school. I wouldn't think you'd be doing what you do now. And I hope no one's taking offense to this. And if people knew me, I well, agree. You, you weren't born and Matt. You know, we we drifted apart later in high school, but in me in high school, I was one of the most quiet people and never I I didn't have any dreams for what I might accomplish. The point I'm saying, none of us recognize ourselves from back then. And to me, you just said something about being exciting. I'm excited to see what I'm like when I'm 70. And like, that's terrifying to some people, but that's exciting to me. And I, I think that's it's kind of the purpose of life. Am I like, am I wrong? No, I, I a hundred percent agree with you. I think that every year it changed. I mean, we, we had a podcast a year ago and I'm like, here's all the things that changed I, in me <laughs> this year. And it, yeah. it's been wild and crazy and it's thrown a lot my way in terms of trusting myself and figuring out who I'm going to be and how I want to represent myself and how much do I really believe in myself. And I think that as we keep pushing those boundaries and barriers, I mean, that's exactly what it is, is unlocking new parts of ourselves. There's this book that it's, it's actually really Christian focused, which isn't usually my jam, but um, it's called believe bigger. And in it, she says, disruption is the invitation. And I think about that all the time. It's an invitation to unlock new parts of your personality. Every challenge that you come up against is a chance to find your resilience. Every opportunity that you take or don't take is defining your character and unlocking pieces of you. And yeah, I mean, I'm I'm excited to meet who you are next year and who I am next year and who Matt is next year. And he'll, he'll show up next year and he'll do a great job with that. We, uh... yeah, I, will. I, I, I agree, Paulie. I think you, you said it perfectly. I'm so excited to see who I am and yeah, at 70 or 60 or 80 or what, whatever, it, whatever it is as well. And, and that excitement and that, that looking at life like that is, is, is so positive and it's so enjoyable. It's, it's, it's almost, you know, again, wild, wild to my here if it's not right. for things like that. Nicole, tell us about your books, where everybody can find you. I'll I'll put all that in the bio. I I don't I have so many notes tonight. I don't even know what I'm gonna call this. I, any anyways, but I do know I'm gonna put I'm gonna put your books and links and information in the bio, but but tell all the viewers where they can find you. Yeah, the best and uh, quickest way to find me is on Instagram at NicoleEaton.xo. I post a ton of free content and all the like links and stuff or my website, NicoleEaton.com. Um, all my books are on my website along with the Comeback Club, along with I'm doing a retreat in February called the Quantum Glow Up that's uh, coming up as well. So I have a lot of fun, fun stuff coming up and that's probably where everybody sees all of it. <laughs> right. We uh. 
we have our hundredth episode coming up, and we have a, a secret, not a secret location, but a place. Matt and I we're doing it in person with a guest, with with cameras, microphones. Our first in person podcast, and our dream is to have people like you come on, whether it's yearly or six months, and actually have a studio where 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 people do this, and and maybe I'm manifesting it. Maybe I'm just saying it now to hold us accountable, but you're one of the guests that would be great to be in person. I think it would be so, so much more fun. Not that this isn't fun, but there's just an energy about being in person. It's so funny that you say that. I just did uh, my first in-person podcast recording in Elmira at um, New York Sport and Fitness. A couple weeks ago. So I'm all in and I am manifesting this for you because I think I just love sitting down with you guys. Um, I never would agree to a podcast at 8 p.m. for anybody else. And um, (laughs) yeah, truly, I just think it's a total great conversation. I know that I'm going to walk into good energy. So yes, anytime I'm there, count me in. Awesome. All right. Well, Nicole, thank you so much. Thank you. I love, I'm excited for what's to come for you and to celebrate your hundredth episode. And anyway, I can cheer you guys on. Let me know. This is amazing. Thank you so much.